Yo, this lion, man, that we're about to sit down with is a killer. He's got that killer instinct. You know what I'm saying? He's a real hustler. A real hustler. From, man, so much. You know, from an early age. You know, from the streets and the subways of New York City up onto the stage when the ball was dropping on New Year's Eve with Steve Harvey, Christina Aguilera, these names, you know, and he's become something. He's created a name for himself using, man, just listen to how much energy this guy has. That's that's just the passion, the creativity that comes from that, you know, where focus goes, energy flows, and just this guy just understands so much, right? Pay attention when we're talking about his story, his past. And I asked him like the one moment that really kind of clicked for him. And he said it was just at a really young age when he was in a foster care, essentially. Right. But man, again, listen to how much energy this guy has in his voice. And, you know, I actually saw a stat yesterday, man. Right. And it was like, it, it came from a post. It was like, oh, you know, excuses in society, I've got a job and blah, 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 I don't have the time and energy to come home and work on something else, work on a side hustle. And then below that it was like, well, scientists think, you know, according to their research anyway, that on average the human body has the potential to convey 11 million kilowatts of energy per hour per pound in our body. So... I mean, you do the math, man. You weigh 150 pounds, 200 pounds, times that by 11 million, and that's how much energy you can convey every hour, you know? So, at the end of the day, you don't lack energy. You lack fucking inspiration, mate. Stick around. This guy is that shot of energy that you'll need. So, here's the question. Yeah, right, I might go on. How are these young entrepreneurs who haven't obtained any inheritance and are entirely self-taught, carving a legacy and living that life. And mate, we're talking purebred entrepreneurs here. The ones that have a vision, the ones that have a passion, and the ones that want to make an impact on this world to get that respect that they deserve. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. But honestly, mate, keeping shit as simple as one, two, three is the key. My name is, in fact, Benji Copeland, and this is The Power of Three. Yo, family, what is cracking? If this is your first time, man, tuning in, I'm your host, Benji Copeland, and welcome, man, this guy, Jamel Knight, that we're about to sit down with. <coughs> hey, bro, something else, he's something special, something very special, and I can't wait to get into it, man, so much to talk about, and I really hope you guys get a lot out of it, a lot of insights. Um, knowledge, you know what I mean? Knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is true power. Um, yeah, man, just before we get stuck in, if you're not already in the Facebook group, mate, go and check us out, The Power of Three on Facebook, literally the name of the podcast. Just search that on the search bar on Facebook, head on over to the group section, click join, and then, man, once you're in there, go to the Units tab. Some amazing documents, articles, discussions, about crafting, branding an offer, you know, to scale your business, get your first K, get your first 5K, 10K, you know, even go beyond that, 100K, a million, 10 million plus, 
realistically that's all it takes you know at the end of the day you just need to be able to do one thing very very well you know there's a saying in martial arts that a black belt is just a white belt that never quit you know and if we can focus our energy consistently on the right things we will eventually get black belts in them but we have to understand that in the beginning diversity can kill us can make or break us all right so keeping things simple focusing on on the right things right on that one thing that one offer that one strategy that one process that you know like the back of your hand you know you could do it in your sleep and man if you already aren't following me on instagram go and check me out benji.copeland you know amazing posts every day of course i'm going to say that because it's my fucking account but dead set go and check me out motivation business advice hit me up man i'm going to be asking people to come on to the show just like jamel and you know asking feedback polls questions things like that and uh yeah if you man if you find any advice useful from this anything at all you know just tag us tag me and jamel in uh, your Instagram stories and I'll reshare it I don't know if Jamel will I can't say he will but I can't say that he won't either but I definitely will anyway man without further ado let's kick off this interview with Jamel right now yo Jamel it's awesome to meet you mate what's going on just chilling man it's a pleasure to be here and to you know to connect man I'm, I'm really happy that you were you know taking interest to in my music and we were able to do this man yeah it's bro. helpful Nah, I mean, yeah. energy speaks, energy really speaks. And um, I mean, yeah, man, do you want to just like introduce yourself for everyone that doesn't know you, you know, what you're doing and I guess why you're so passionate about it? Yeah, you know, my name is Jamel Knight, you know, Knight standing for Know Your Truth. I'm a, I'm an artist. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, engineer, um, you know, started my career off in the subway of New York City, just really trying to put myself out there. And uh, it's been going really well. I'm very blessed to have a solid group of, of fans that have just supported my journey and supported my, my dream through my, my ups and my downs and have literally catapulted me to where I'm at now. Um, and it's great, man. We've got a lot of great projects coming along. Um, made a lot of really, really solid connections in the industry. And um, by the grace of God, I've been able to, to stay independent and haven't had to sign my my soul away or, or sell my booty, you know what I mean? Yeah, fuck, man. <laughs> man, there's so much of that going on, you know, people selling their soul and, you know, we could go on about that for ages. Um, let's kind of <laughs> keep it a bit more in line, you know what I mean? But, I mean, yeah, man, I'd love to talk to you about that afterwards and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, man, when did you, when'd you start music and, and the business? So I've always been a musician, you know, I, I had a really rough, rough upbringing, to be honest, you know, I was separated from my mother when I was about eight years old and grew up in the foster care system of Vermont. So, you know, being a young African-American in a dominantly white state with no parents growing up in state custody and foster homes is extremely difficult. I spent most of my, most of my childhood institutionalized, actually, like in group homes and like different juvenile detention centers. And um, that's where I really got connected to music, didn't really have a lot of influences or like a lot of people to connect with because the, the places that I grew up in were run by staff. So you don't have like a personal connection with a mother or a father or an aunt. I just had staff members and, um, you know, during the holidays, the kids, the other kids that lived there had families to go home to and I didn't. <clears throat> and one of the staff members, he felt really bad. His name is Jeremiah Bendrum. 
such a blessing. He felt bad that I didn't have anybody sending me Christmas gifts and, you know, I didn't have any, anywhere to go. And he got me a guitar. So he wasn't supposed to do that because it's like a client thing. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to do that for your clients. But he said, fuck it. I'm going to get this kid a guitar. So he got me a guitar for Christmas. Um, I think it was Christmas or around that time. It was a little classical. And I loved the guitar. I loved heavy, hard metal rock music. This is around when I was 14, 15. I was really angry going through a lot. And I just loved the guitar. I listened to a lot of Nirvana. I listened to a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was heavy into Went Biscuit. I was heavy into Tool. Like stuff that people probably wouldn't think I listened to. And he got me a guitar. He wrote down all the chords on, on a piece of paper and he was fired. So he's gone and I have this piece of paper with these guitar chords and I just sat there and I fucking played until I learned it. Like guitar was a very hard instrument to learn because you have to get the, the action. You have to be able to get the grip and build the strength. And I didn't have it. But if you put the time in, you learn. So the first song I learned on guitar was Wild Thing. Damn. And uh, yeah, so I took those chords and eventually I got kicked out of this group home and they sent the guitar with me. So I ended up picking it back up when I was 16, 17. I found the little guitar and I found the notes. I found the little chord diagram. So. I didn't have anybody teach me. I didn't know how to read music. I just had an ear. So I was playing with those chords. And I started playing other chords. And I started fooling around. I was like, this kind of sounds like that. And then, I, you know, I went to this, this, this weird school. It's like the school. And I met this kid named Matt. And he was like in the same boat. Like, just really, we just had rough childhoods. And he had a guitar. He had a Fender Stratocaster. And I had this little busted acoustic. And I never got to play an electric. So he let me play as electric. And he taught me how to read tablature. Now, tablature, for anybody who doesn't know, is a form of sheet music that's designed for guitar. So I don't read sheet music. I'm not a, a guitarist that plays, that learned. You know, I learned by reading tabs. Tabs is like a puzzle. It's like battleship. You know what I mean? Once I learned that, I was like, holy shit, I'm, I'm going to learn every song I want to learn how to play. And at the time, uh, Three Doors Down was very popular. They came out with Kryptonite, right? So everybody loved Kryptonite. Now, mind you, I'm a black kid in a dominantly white state i'm not playing hip-hop i'm not rapping i'm playing rock music so i learned kryptonite then i learned here without you i'm learning all these songs on guitar by reading tabs so i learned when i tell you like i learned guitar like there was just a year where like i just didn't stop playing you know what i mean this is before i really knew i could sing i wasn't singing i was just playing guitar so I don't even know, man. It was crazy. Like <clears throat> when I got into high school, people were kind of making fun of me at my like in my uh, in my high school because I was black and I was playing the guitar and I wasn't really rapping, right? And this is when Eight Mile came out. So I'd always been a writer, and I loved rap music. I just didn't. I just didn't. That never just. I was playing guitar. I loved guitar. So I started writing poetry and I started writing raps. And um, you know, I got into trouble and spent some time. I spent about a year and a half in juvenile hall, right? So I was locked up for about a year and a half. The whole time I was locked up, all I was doing was writing. Respect. So I get out of, I get out of juvie, right? I get out of juvie. I get back into my high school. All the kids that were making fun of me for playing the guitar or whatever, like I didn't care. I was ready to rap. Eight Mile came out, right? So at my church, they had a little rap battle. Went there, demolished kids. In high school, I was just, I was just, I was just so nasty rapping. So I started rapping and playing the guitar. 
And uh, and uh, I ended up winning a rap battle at this venue called Higher Ground. I just I, I won it, and I went under a different name because I like I don't know, but I made a really big name for myself in Burlington, Vermont, for being a rapper and being a singer. Then I ended up learning how to produce. Like it all started for me. I just kept I just kept going right. But what's crazy is I didn't really start singing until. I met my guy Tank. I was I was rapping, you know. I brought him to my house, like we were we were connected. I'm living in Vermont. I didn't know a lot about New York, you know. I just got out of state's custody, so I was living on the street pretty much. I was I was 19. I didn't have a home because when you when you grow out of the state's custody, if you grow up in foster homes, once you're 18, you're on your own. You know what I'm saying? So I I got emancipated at 17, and I was on the street. So I was just trying to do whatever I could to survive. I was sleeping in my my friend's van. And I had this little laptop, I was making beats, and um, I ended up getting this little apartment, and I started making beats. I met this dude, he's like, bro, you could really sing. And I'm like, sing? Like, I had sung a little bit, but not really sing. So I started putting these little singing records together, and uh, they were horrible, bro. Like, that's, it was trash, man. Like, when I listened to it, <laughs> I mean, man, <laughs> one step at a time, bro. I mean, that's insane. And um, I mean, man, that's what we're all about, overcoming the fucking odds, bro. You know, like being an under, being an underdog, being hungry enough to want it enough, like that, man. Just making beats in what you said, a garage. Yeah, like like I was sleeping in a van. Yeah, I was sleeping in my boy's van. He was he was Bosnian. His mom like they they, they respected it because I had nobody and I was hustling right. Now years go by where I got into a lot of trouble. Like for anybody listening to this. I feel like God tested me in a lot because I didn't have a lot. Like I didn't have a family. I didn't have, like, I feel like had I had those supports, it would have been different. But, it, but the fact that I didn't have that made me the person that I am because I didn't have a chance to fail. I didn't have an option to fail. So, you know, let's, let's fast forward literally 10 years. Cause I've been doing this for years, right? I'm homeless. I'm sleeping on, on my friend's kitchen floor. And, um, you know, at this point, I had played Vermont. I had played every venue. I started playing on the street because I couldn't get a gig because people just weren't listening to The weekend. They weren't really listening to R&B. They're more like folk and fish and Grateful Dead. You know, it's Vermont. It's like white, folky, you know, jam bandy type music, which helped me as a guitarist. So I decided that since I was homeless, since I was broke, since I had nothing really, I was like, bro, I'm making $200 on a Friday in Vermont. If I just went to New York City, I bet you I can make enough money to just see what I have. And if they don't like me and I suck, then I'll just quit music and just get a fucking job, you know? And I I got a ticket at 2 o'clock in the morning, June 26, 2017. I arrived June, June 27th, no, I arrived June 27th in Grand Central at 2 p.m. And I had my guitar two changes of clothes and I had no shoes. I had sweatpants. It was hot. It was the summertime. I had to grind. I was tired. I had $40 in my pocket and nowhere to sleep. Right. So I start playing all over the city, trying to find, trying to make money. One thirty in the morning. I'm like, all right, I don't have enough money for a hotel. I'm going to find a place to sleep. It's summertime, whatever. I'll sleep outside. I've been sleeping in on a kitchen floor. I don't care. I meet this girl. She's like, yo, you're going to blow your voice out singing in times square. She brocks me on the subway. She goes, give me your guitar. I was like, all right, bet. I, I don't even know this girl can play. She gets, she takes my guitar. She puts it on her, 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 the strap on, right? 
and she goes into the train, bro. And this chick starts busting out Hotel California. Oh, right. Everybody on the train goes bananas, dude. I was like, she made $25 in the train car. She goes, boom, she hands me the hat, hands me the bread. She goes, if you do this whole train like that, you'll make enough money. This is how you do it. Don't sing on the platform, right? So I train for the first time ever. My first day there, this is a blessing from God, bro. And I played all fucking night long, dude. I made $250, right? I slept, I slept up at Metzwillis Point. I slept outside, whatever. I was so hyped when I woke up because I had $250, dude. I jumped back on the train and I sang all day, bro. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> dude, I had nothing, right? So I'm homeless. I got about $500. I'm like, all right, I'm going to sleep up. I'm going to sleep up at this bus station one more time. So I sleep outside. I wake up in the morning. I get my water. I get my breakfast. I'm pumped. At this point, my voice is about shot. People start recognizing me on the train, right? So... I get on there. I'm making another two hundred dollars. Now, I, now I get a, now I get a hotel room. So now I got a hotel room, and the hotel is literally like three hundred and fifty dollars a week. So that's fourteen hundred dollars a month. That's a lot of money. So that means I have to be making at least two hundred dollars a day to be able to maintain. And I can't sing every day, bro. Let me tell you something. I sang so much. Oh my gosh, bro. I probably made like five thousand dollars my first month here. Everybody in the city, they loved me. They loved the hunger. They didn't care that I was homeless. People gave me 50s, 20s. Um, my friend gave me a pair of shoes. I started handing out little business cards, and people were following me on social media. Five, five, four, six months later, somebody found my video. This is me living in New York for about nine months, right? Somebody found my video or something, I don't know. One of my friends, Mr. NYC Subway, sent my video somewhere to Gotham Casting. I get an email from Fox News asking me if I want to perform live on the Steve Harvey show in the Times Square. In Times Square, right? On the Steve Harvey show for the ball drop. I was like, man, this shit is fake. Uh, my guy's like, no, you should respond, right? It's two days before New Year's Eve. So I respond, they go respond right back. They say, can you meet us in Manhattan tomorrow? I'm like, fuck yeah. I pull up to Manhattan. Bro, I'm home like I'm 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 not homeless at this point, but I'm I'm just like just a sub like I don't have any just bread. Drifting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm drifting. I'm drifting. Like I got holes in my jeans, my jacket is soaking wet, dude. I'm just like I pull up, I'm skinny as fuck, dude. And it's Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls, bro. Yo. <laughs> dude, I was like Zero to hundred, bro. <laughs> So, first of all, I had a crush on Nicole Scherzinger when I was in high school. For when she did that, don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Beautiful, talented. This woman was the most gracious host. Though She gave me a big hug. We worked on music all night. She invited me to the studio with her. She was so awesome. She really inspired me and made me believe that I could do it because she had her bodyguard. She had her, her personal assistant. Everybody was working around the clock to make sure that she could deliver and that woman can sing. We get, we get on the set, and guess who's on the set? Steve Harvey. Ken Jong. Ken Jong from The Hangover. We're in the bar eating wings. He walks up to me. He goes, Dylan, nice to meet you, Jamel. You're an incredible guitarist. I was like, Damn. thank you, Mr. Chow. Yo, <laughs> yo, that's insane, bro. Like, you know, I'm running up with Ken Jong, dude. It's fucking raining. 
And this is when the set, if you watch the video, he goes, he pulls up to me and, and the drummer, my guy, Joey. And uh, he goes, you two, stop, get on the party bus. And we get on the party bus with Ken Jong, Nicole Scherzinger, and Fox News. Wow. At that point. I was watching, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to cut you off. Have you seen the new um, Burt Kreishner, um, uh TV show? He's in no. that. He's in that. He's in that. <laughs> Con- what, what, what's, how do you say his name? Ken Jong. Ken Jong. Yeah, he's in that. It's the, there's this, oh, mate. It's the funniest so scene, one of the funniest <laughs> scenes, and he's just lying naked on this on this uh dead bear, mate. It's the funniest thing. Anyway, yeah, keep going, keep going. No, Ken Jong is so nice. If Ken ever hears this, dude, this man is so nice. Like we chopped it up, right? When you're inside of Times Square, so we get the Times Square, we shoot everything. Christina Aguilera. Oh, bro. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Ken, Nick Cannon, Maria Fernandez. Um, um, Robin Thick. Oh, wow. Steve Damn, Harvey. bro. Damn, bro. And, bro, when I tell you, I was watching this like it was, like, a demonstration. Like, I was studying everything, how these guys moved, what their staff looked like, how they sounded. I really wanted to see if these motherfuckers were talented. And let me tell you something, bro. Christina Aguilera, bro. Christina Aguilera can sing, like, when she sings, auras hit the crowd, bro. Energy. You just feel it. You feel it. Her, it was raining outside. The dude holding her umbrella was was walking around her, bro. I never seen nothing like this. Like, imagine you got a dude holding your umbrella, bro. (laughs) Not a drop of of water. (laughs) Personal assistant. (laughs) Not a drop of water gone on Christina Aguilera, bro. I was drenched, so... I learned that. That motivated me. The next day, I was back in the train, bro. <laughs> I was on national TV, Times Square, 4 million people, bro. The hardest thing, I had to wake up New Year's Day and jump back on the fucking train, bro. Man, got to do what you got to do. That shit hurt, man. Yo, I went so hard. I get on there. One guy goes... Where do I know you from? Did I, did I see? I was like, I just did the Steve Harvey show. He's like, yeah. I get on the seven, people start clapping. I was like, oh, my God. New York City backed me up. They were with me when I was homeless. They were with me when I was injured. They were with me when I had nothing. And I could go on and on about the stories about how it happened. But basically, that's it. After I did the Ken Jong Steve Harvey show, I kept playing the train. I ended up, I ended up doing a video... I, I love making music, bro. I, I love it. Whether I get paid or not, I love it. You know, I, I love to be able to share my gift with people, especially the kids, you know what I'm saying? Because I had a rough childhood. Yeah. And I always see the kids in the train. So I'm singing to this little girl in the train. And this little girl, she's three years old. She's clapping her hands. She's loving it. You know, I get off the train. I'm feeling great. This dude follows me down, right? He goes, yo, I love your energy. I love, you're so talented. Like, how would you like to perform on Good Morning America? I'm like, all right, bro, take my card. You know what I mean? Like, check me out. He goes, no, like, you want to give me your number? Take my number down. I'm like, because I'm really nervous about people because everybody knows Jay-Z. Everybody has a record deal. Everybody's lying, in my opinion, in the game. That's that's been my experience. I don't believe anybody for anything that they say. Like, you have to show me some shit. You got to show me. So, bro, he calls me 6 o'clock that night. I'm like, hello? He's like, oh, this is Mark. 
he happens to be the sponsor, the, the, the head sponsor for Hawaiian King, which is the sponsor for Good Morning America. So he's one, he works with the producers of the show. They listen to my music. They invite me to open up for Hoosier. I was so, and this is like two weeks away. I'm so fucking nervous and so excited. That I stayed up all night and ended up missing my set. True story. So he sends me the picture. He's like, where are you, bro? I'm like, oh my God. Right? So he's like, whatever. You know, I thought I was a missed opportunity. He's like, you want to perform for Sierra? I was like, yes. Sierra. Good morning, America. Pull up on the set. And uh, me and Sierra are wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> like, well, I, like. Alice, the same, the same. Yeah. Yeah, if you look at the picture, we're wearing the same thing. She's wearing a white, she's wearing a white thing, like white, like top with the white pants and the black t-shirt. I'm wearing a white top with the black tank top and the white pants. Hey man, hey man. everything happens for a reason. Yo, it looks like I was like, yeah, it was crazy. So I ended up performing on Good Morning America, and um, that was did that, and then I I went I went back to the train, man. It was crazy, like it's. The work doesn't stop. Like, you know, I tell artists every day, I tell myself every day, when people tell me, oh, I know celebrities or I work with celebrities, it's like, dude, I've had two record deals that a lot of people didn't know about. I've been on TV multiple times and I've, I've worked with over 15 multi-platinum selling artists. Like, seriously, I've opened up for a lot of big artists. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, yeah, man. And none I, of that yeah. matters. No, nah, man, this, uh, this is insane. So much to talk about. And uh, and then we're going to dissect it a little bit. Going back to like, just when you hit rock bottom, you know, if anyone else out there that like is trying to, I mean, even, even start, you know, in that, that music game, man, what was the thing that just like clicked in your head? What was that moment that was just like, man, like, fuck this. Was it, was it that time when you're like, I got to go to New York and I got to just perform. And then if I don't, I'm going to go to go get a job. The moment for me, honestly, like like I said, I grew up in foster care. I was separated from my mother from 18 for 18 years, right? My mother found me on SoundCloud about 20 years, well, 18 years later, and I was reconnected with my mother, right? And then she died. Oh wow! And uh, after, that, man. yeah, man. After my mother died, like I spent years looking for her. After she died, like that's actually her painting right there. Oh man, that's sick. That's awesome. And the face. And the, the face of my first LP was her face. It's called substance abuse because, you know, a lot of people in my life have struggled from the opiate addiction and crisis. After my mother died, I felt like that was it for me. I, like everything I had wanted, my biggest fear had happened. And I realized that I had to live my life, yo. I could no longer worry about shit. I could no longer be hurt. I could no longer be broken. I could no longer be anything. It was only winning. The worst thing that I thought could happen to me happened and I had to deal with it. Man. And I fucking, I'd said that I'm going to live my life to the fullest and, and never ever look back. So I wasn't scared of getting robbed. I wasn't scared of getting hit by a train. I wasn't scared of getting beaten up. I wasn't scared of sleeping outside. I wasn't scared of starving. I didn't care. All I knew I had to win. Amen, That's it. Bro. Amen, man. Death, death um, does some crazy things. I mean, that was honestly the thing for myself that like woke me up to like, yo, this is fucking real life, man. This is reality. Like when my granddad passed away and it was like, I remember this quote, bro. 
you know, and it was, you haven't experienced life until you've been to a funeral. And yeah, man, that shit hit. I was like, fuck, like I was at the funeral and all these things were coming to me. I was like, bro, I've never experienced this before. And it was like, yo, stop focusing on on everything else. You've just got to like do something that's going to help your family, your friends, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, you know, telling your story through music, fucking, mate, grinding that shit, going on the show and then going back to the subway, that's insane, bro. Like, that's so, that's, that's fucking hustle right there, man. Dude, I, I crumbled my spine because I carried my guitar so much. I started off 2020 in a hospital bed because my C4 disc was pinching my cervical spine so I couldn't walk because I was playing the train so much. Fuck, man. I got, went to the hospital. They told me I needed surgery. I was like, I, don't, I can't take a day off because of what I do. I got back on the train. I almost collapsed, dude. This dude, Odysseus, he gave me $380, bro. Wow. On the train, bro. They saw my hustle, bro. I went to the hospital. I had, sur- I had to get surgery. Now, having to get surgery means that I can't play the train. It's in the wintertime, right? I asked my fans, I said, on in the hospital bed, I said, listen, I don't have anybody. This is all I have. Music is all I am. If I've ever made you feel good on the train, if I've ever sang to you or, or brightened up your day or anything, if you can help me right now, I promise you that I will, I will do whatever it takes in my power to fulfill this dream of giving that to, to more people. I need you guys. Like I'm, I'm, I'm having a spinal surgery. I can't walk right now. Like they have to cut into my neck. Like they cut into my neck. Oh, and then, so I started to GoFundMe right before my surgery, and asked all my fans if they would help me, and I raised thirty five hundred dollars in two days. Respect, bro. Every, every uh, one of my fans. Community. That's a family, bro. That's <laughs> Yo, a fucking dude. family. Every one of my fans. They came through for me. So I, I, I had my surgery. I obviously like I had to, re- you know, it took me a while to recover and I was starting to recover. And as I promised, I said, yo, if you help me out, boom, back grinding. And now I've just been grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding. And, you know, I just got a really, really good situation um, last week. Probably can't talk too much about it, but I will say that you will definitely be hearing about Jamel Knight. You know what I'm saying? I'm working with, with some really big people in the industry now. You know That's what I mean? insane, I'm not, bro. I'm not playing the train no more. Let's go. Like no, nah, mate. 2021? 2021. It's, uh, bro, it's, it's the uprising. It's the uprising, man, of, of everyone and everything. And it's going to be... I'm going to send you an exclusive copy of the album when it's done. And I'm going to send you some merch, too. Man, you know I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that, bro. I love your energy. I love the opportunity to tell my story. I really hope. You know, people out there listening can take something from it um doesn't matter what your circumstances are i'm a firm believer that there are no excuses yo i don't make excuses for myself i don't make excuses for the people that i work with i don't really allow the energy in my circumference i I believe that if you want something it's yours already you just have to be gracious for it and go get it and everything you do should benefit somebody else i feel like that's the only the key to success is service. If you service other people and you're able to help them, then you are going to be a light so that your life can be reflected to the people that you've helped. Yeah, dude. No, the energy you put out is the energy you get back. You know, and at the, end, <laughs> at the end of the day, the only two things that we have in life in the universe is, you know, energy and matter. 
And the way I like to put it is, how can we make our energy matter? Wow. I like that. Energy and matter. So yeah, how right. can we make energy matter? This is dope, man. Like, what what, uh, what made you want to wanna reach out and do this? Man, I just fucking, bro. I, I, like I said, I mean, everything happens for a reason, bro. You know, and energy speaks louder than words. I saw a couple of your posts. I was like, bro, this is dope. Like, this is this is the true power of the internet, you know, and this is the true power of, man, communication, more importantly, you know what I mean? And to be honest, bro, this is the reason I started the podcast, to find people like yourself, tell that fucking amazing story and empower everyone out there listening, you know, to fulfill their fucking dreams, right? I, know. I think you are going to be super successful, brother. I really Appreciate do. that, man. Thank you. I think you have a great energy. The vibe is very natural. I love your accent. I think that people across the globe are going to be able to hear this. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to, to work with you again. Like, I definitely want to make sure I get your email so I could send you something. Yeah, brother. Man, I, I can't wait to meet you and, and man, build this empire, bro. Build this, build this empire that, um, you know, this generation is supposed to be doing. Yeah, man. I got a really funny music video coming. It's like my first official tissue music video that's going to be dropping. And then um, I got a, I got a project coming out um, pretty soon. So I'm, I'm excited to drop that for everybody. Definitely check me out. Jamel Knight, J-A-M-E-L-L-N-Y-T. You can follow me, you know, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere, really. 100%. Yeah. Bro, this has been an insane interview. I just want to ask you one quick question. They like to ask everyone, if you could go back and tell your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? My 18-year-old self? One piece of advice, honestly, don't sell drugs. Don't do it. Thanks, man. Amen. Keep it straight and narrow. Yeah, a lot of people glorify hustling and, and and i know a lot of people have their back against the wall and and if you got to do what you got to do then you got to do what you got to do and i had to do what i had to do but if i had the option to go back i would have never got involved with drugs at all period. waste of time man waste of fucking time it's a waste of time it's a waste of energy and it doesn't help anybody around you. you you know what i mean so if you could find a better way to make money you know then, then really look for it because it's only going to help you in the end. Everything that is earned um, by squabbling never stays. You, you can't build a house and a foundation out of sand. So you want to do yeah. it the right way. And um, that's I would I wouldn't I wouldn't ever dealt with drugs. Period. Yo, Jamel, mate, thank you again for doing this. That was inspiring as fuck. Inspiring as anything. And oh, man, next year, twenty twenty one, it's going to be the year. You know, I said it on this podcast on this episode 2021 is going to be our uprising you know and it's going to be the year of honesty no lies truth only and man energy really fucking speaks you know we said it so many times throughout this energy speaks louder than anything in the world and what i want you to be right now with yourself is honest with the people around you with your clients, with your music, with your business partner, with that with that relationship that, you know, whether it's, whether it's a fucking girlfriend or boyfriend or it's a friendship, you know, that you could have lost or is in jeopardy, go and be honest. Honesty fix a lot of things, you know. Leave a review if you're on Apple Podcast. Be honest, one star, five star. 
give some feedback. If you're not, man, just tag us in Instagram story, take a screenshot, you know, let us know anything. We thrive off feedback. You need to thrive off feedback too. Ask your customers, ask your business, ask your mom, ask your dad how you can improve what you do that pisses them off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ask for help. If you want better you want better answers, you gotta ask better questions. If you don't know who to ask those questions to or you're confused on business or life, man, just reach out to me. I'll help you out. That's what I'm here for, mate. Love you all though. Peace.